This is Dirt and Sprague. Holy crap. What happened? You got pink eye. With Andy Dirt Johnson. You and each other butterfly kisses or something? Ha ha ha. Very funny. That's not how you get pink eye. You get it from poo particles making their way into your ocular cavities. And Brendan Sprague. I farted on Jason's pillow as a practical joke. He farted on Jonah's thinking it was mine. And then eventually pink eyed my pillow. Um, not proud of any of this. But I think we've all forgiven each other. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. You can get pink eye from farting in a pillow? Totally. That's awesome. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. A lot to get into today. We will break up the Super Bowl coverage a little bit here. Obviously, we, we haven't even talked about the commercials. No. We haven't talked about the anthem, the halftime show. Which is something we definitely need to dive into. I have to. It's a beautiful part about the Super Bowl. You got to talk about all of it. I was not familiar with your boy Chris Stapleton and how uh, soulful a white dude he is. Ah, uh, pretty damn good, isn't he? So now I'm gonna have to start listening to Chris Stapleton. Let's go, baby. And then uh, also we had big prop bets at my Super Bowl party, and uh, one of the props was, "Will we see ass cheek by Riri?" You saw ass, but it was covered. Nobody knew Riri was pregnant, so I felt robbed of butt cheek because it was a real prop, but nobody alerted anybody that she was pregnant again. So congratulations to Riri <laughs> and ASAP Rocky, but for yes. my prop bet of yes on butt cheek, I was a little disappointed. I feel very weird saying Riri. Well, that's, uh, that's what for her friends call her. I know, I know. I just, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if me and Rihanna are quite on that level. I'm gonna stick with the full name basis. No, that's why I said it. I know, I know. You yeah. guys are homies. You I, guys are close. I texted her. I said, "Great show last night." She said, "Thanks, Brandon. I was thinking of you during one of those moments." And I said, "Yeah, well, we were watching closely. I thought you did exceptionally well." We'll talk about all that stuff. I do want to talk about the greatness of one Pat Mahomes. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, good morning, happy Monday, hello, rise and shine, Buttercup. Uh, we already talked about the the holding thing at the end. And we did, yeah. It was one segment, and we just, I'm not going to be that show today. The national show before us spent half their show screaming about it and bitching and moaning. That was a great football game played by high-level football teams, and more goes to it than than one call. The, the Eagles were up 10. Kansas City scored on every possession in the second half. There's a lot more to that game than one penalty. So if you're just tuning in, probably not going to highlight it much. Uh, Pat Mahomes, second Super Bowl in five years. He's done nothing but get to the AFC Championship game. I watched the NFL Network. It was a little cringy in the postgame dirt, but Maurice Jones-Drew did say one thing I thought was a good point. He asked Emmanuel Sanders, how many times you been to the, uh, the AFC Championship game or a championship game? Emmanuel Sanders said three times. Maurice Jones-Drew said, how many years you play? He said 12 Maurice Jones-Drew said, I never even got there. I played nine. Dude's been to five conference title games in five years as a starting quarterback and now has a second Super Bowl in five years. It also throws out the whole narrative that we love to cling to, and that is if you make over a certain percentage of your team's salary cap as a starting quarterback, you can't win a Super Bowl. We hear that stat every year. If you make over whatever the 15%, I don't know what the number people throw out is, but there's a long-standing tradition that quarterbacks that take a big significant cap hit against your uh, against the rest of your roster, you can't win that way. And here's Kansas City saying, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. And Philadelphia played a great game, man. Jalen Hurts was incredible. Uh, their defense wasn't as dominant as maybe a lot of us thought, but a lot of that credit goes to Kansas City. It just shows that this is 
this is probably that run, and I think we were just reminded of it over the last couple of weeks, that this is probably that run that's going to be somewhat similar to Brady and Belichick. Now, how many are they going to get? We'll never know. But if anybody that you have confidence in over the next five to ten years in the AFC, I'm buying stock in the Chiefs before I buy stock in Cincinnati because i got to see them win one first. got to see Buffalo get to one first. And then all these other teams are giant question marks, the Chargers and Herbert. The Jags and, and Trevor Lawrence, like, you're young, you're up and coming. Sure, maybe at some point you get there. I'm not picking you to be better than Kansas City and Mahomes next year. It's not going to happen. They they have just shown that five straight years in the AFC title game, third Super Bowl, it's insane to take a step back and look at the layers, too, of the first AFC title game they lost because a defensive lineman jumped off sides. If a defensive lineman ju- doesn't jump off sides, they win that game. And if you win that game, do you beat the Rams in that Super Bowl? Does, he, does he already have another one? The other AFC title game they lost was when they dominated Cincinnati in the first half and then just inexplicably forgot how to play offensive football in the second half and totally turtled and ended up losing that game and potentially win that Super Bowl too. I mean, to see what it has taken to even beat him in these kind of moments outside of the one game where he had no offensive line against Tampa and was going against Brady. This is an insane run. They're not going anywhere. And I'm glad that Andy Reid's not retiring because he has finally found his fountain of youth. He has finally found the guy that he's been looking for his entire career. And they're going to be in the mix for the AFC title and Super Bowl for the next decade as long as that group stays together. See, I I, I don't disagree with what you said in the beginning there. The one thing I do wonder, Andy Reid, and he talked about this in the postgame, but like, does Andy Reid really have, you said five to ten years? You see he's it? only 63. Why not? Come on, Andy. Keep eating cheese burgers you'll be all right yeah i'm sure sure that's longevity eat cheeseburgers cheeseburgers Uh, bacon and like coors light isn't that what they say i don't know when andy reed's gonna die but i promise you when he dies nobody's gonna say you know he didn't live a great life (laughs) (laughs) he had a great run andy reed has lived an exceptional life but to your what i what i would say though is does mahomes talent i guess cancel out your concern of how much longer the head coach is going to be there does it cancel out is b enemy going to stick around does it cancel out spags being the d coordinator because i think some of these guys we're just seeing he i'm not trying to do the goat thing you know how is he a goat but i think we can all agree right he he just plays the position in a way where if you told me skill level wise you think he's the greatest i'm not going to argue with you i'm not I don't care about counting trophies and in league MVPs and all that stuff. He does do it differently. Is he such a talent where you go, those other parts, they can replace and be fine because of how good he is? I do. I do feel that way about Patrick Mahomes. I, I think he is one of one at this point in the NFL. I yeah. think Burrow's incredible. I think Josh Allen's a stud. A lot of the other young guys that I mentioned are really good up-and-coming players. But you got to beat the king you beat to wear him. the crown. And I just, to me, there's not a single guy in the league that I would take over him. He lost one of the most dominant wide receivers in the NFL in the offseason. Tyreek Hill was traded, and we had a two-week conversation. Was that the right move? Should they have done it? Will their offense be the same? They were better this year. The Statistically speaking, across the board. This is his best year. Better. He wins the MVP, his second of his career. To win two MVPs and two Super Bowls in his first six seasons, there was a graphic out there about how long it took other guys to do it. Manning didn't get his second Super Bowl until he was on no legs and no back, basically, at the end in Denver. He did win the two MVPs relatively early. It took Brady 11 years to 12 years to win his second Super Bowl, or not Super Bowl, but MVP. Like He did it in six years in the NFL, five of which he was playing. 
and that's far faster than anybody's ever done it in NFL history. This isn't necessarily just a quarterback that's along for the ride that wins a lot young in their career. This is a guy, he is the, he is the leading reason why they win at a high level. And in the second half of that game, sure, it was a brilliant game plan. The offensive line was great, but he made some incredible throws, had a couple of scrambles on one leg that were lights out. To do that, to be banged up the way he is, to have lost Tyree Kill in the offseason, it just showed again how special of a player he is. 24 of the 53 players on the active roster were new. 24 of the 53. A lot of rookies involved in that, too, as we mentioned earlier in the secondary. Kansas City going young defensively because, as you mentioned, he takes up so much of the cap space that you got to work around the edges. I would say this. Um, we'll get to some audio here. If you're another AFC team, I, I just don't know unless there's a massive injury. I, I guess that's kind of what you're hoping for. Like I mean, He was on one leg in the AFC title game. He had a massive injury, and they still won the damn game. But I'm talking about the other positions, <laughs> sure. right? Because you mentioned, what's the Super Bowl he lost? With no offensive line. He had no offensive line at all. It was an easy win for Tampa Bay. I think if you're another AFC team, you're kind of just in that territory. I know Cincinnati came close again this year. They pushed him. That was a good game. Mm -hmm. They beat him the year prior. Buffalo, I don't know how much heartbreak Buffalo can endure by this guy. I just you look around the landscape of the AFC, and if I'm another player and I'm watching that game last night and I'm on a random AFC team, like does Bronco fan feel great that they're going <laughs> to dethrone that guy? No. Does Justin can't. Herbert and the Chargers feel no. like they're dethroning him? No. The Ravens, no. Like the Steelers, no. Bills, maybe they have that optimism, but man, he keeps beating you. And the Bengals, you got past him once. Are you going to do it again? I just was last night a validation that. This is his. He's Jordan. He's LeBron. He's he's Brady. He he's the dominant it force and factor in his conference. I, I don't know how you conclude otherwise. Until another quarterback gives us a reason to, that will be a true statement. And somebody's gonna have to come and dethrone him. And I you know, Burrow beat him in an AFC title game, but the problem is they didn't pay it off. They didn't win the Super Bowl. And so you look at this modern era of great young quarterbacks, and there are a lot of them around the league. He's already piled up two of them. You know how many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, other than Patrick Mahomes, have won multiple Super Bowls? It's, it's not a very big list, and I know Brady had two at the age of 27 as well. That he was did. noted as he well. He won two pretty yeah. quick. There's only 11 other quarterbacks in the history of the Super Bowl that have done it. Yeah. There's only four guys in the history of the league that have won more than Patrick Mahomes now. And those four, Aikman, who won three, Bradshaw, who won four, Montana, who won four, and Brady, who obviously has seven. Outside of that, he is now in the category of John Elway, Bob Greasy, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Jim Plunkett, Ben Roethlisberger, Bart Starr, and Roger Staubach. That is your list of guys who have won two Super Bowls. Nobody else in the history of the league's done it. I'm going to give you guys a number. I know we got to go, but I'll give you a number going to the break. And I want you both to play this game. Are you betting the over or the under here? Pat Mahomes, Super Bowl. He's at two. Uh, give me your answers really quick. Two and a half. Over. Over. Three and a half. Over. Over. Four and a half. Over. Mm, I'm going to hold off there. Five's a whole different. Five's a whole different number. I think it? he gets to five. You think he's going to get to five? Can, I think he has three God, more left in him. That's so depressing to hear if you're not a Chiefs fan, man. I mean, they show that you can have cap casualties at wide receiver. You can draft and develop offensive linemen. You can pay him a crazy salary. Like, he can have one one leg hurt. All, all of these things can go against you, and they still found a way to win that game. That's some post-game audio from Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Get to that next on 1080 The uh, quick check in Tom Brady post career. 80 for Brady finished second at the box office this weekend. Narrowly losing to Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. 
Wish I could hit the uh, no one cares drop, but I don't have that capability. It dethroned Avatar. It got second place. Wow. Cool. Naga the Cabin got 14.2 mil, and 80 for Brady got 12.5 million, so I've it barely heard, lost to that. I've heard Naga the Cabin's a pretty good movie. Okay. I've heard that every movie since he made Six Sense, and I've, I'll every, believe it when I see it. Everyone is the best one since Six Sense. Sure. This yeah. is the best one he's made since <laughs> Six Sense, okay? Dude got an amazing idea for an ending <laughs> to a movie, and we've given him the green light on everything he's wanted to make since. Yes! Make it. Sounds great. Um, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes and the greatness that is Mahomes. And, you know, I, I think it was Alex Gold that, that hopped on with us last week and basically said something to the effect, or it might have been somebody else, but we had somebody on last week that said something to the effect of, Chiefs fans are acting even differently. Like, Chiefs fans, they've been a really good organization for mm-hmm. most of their lives, and but they've been largely associated with playoff failure or heartbreak. But when you get this kind of athlete, you start cocky sniffing, and you go into a moment, and you're like, we're probably going to win. <laughs> it's it's like the NBA. We got the best player. Yeah. And the best player usually wins that that contest, especially in an elimination game. Pat Mahomes on one side, you just, I don't know. I just don't know how you feel today if you're an AFC team or even how you feel in the NFC. Like, who's the best quarterback in the NFC right now? Is it, is it Hurts? Oh, boy. The <sighs> NFC's not loaded with quarterback talent the way the AFC is. Yeah, Brady retiring. Rodgers might be on the move, and they're both over the hill anyway. I didn't think Rodgers um, was top five no. this year in the NFC. Dak no. isn't trusted. The Niners don't have a quarterback. Oh, my God. It ain't Geno. It damn sure ain't Stafford with elbow tendonitis or whatever the hell he has. Like, who is it? That's, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I think it's Jalen Hurts. I think it is. Swag, can you come up? Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? I don't know who you would take over him right now in the NFC. Just the NFC. Is Kirk Cousins the second best quarterback in the NFC right now? Yeah, but you're. I mean, it's him. I mean, it's Zach. It's, it's Jared it's, Goff. It's it might be Goff. <laughs> Goff didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, he's got to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying it's to. It's crazy. Think. The Ooh. NFC has no. I mean, they have That's good quarterbacks. I mean, they don't have great quarterbacks. You know, you Brock know. Purdy. It's Brock Mania, baby. If he's got to be the goat. If Rodgers is Rodgers is probably going to the Jets. Good luck to yeah. you, buddy. Well, good even luck. on that point, to I mean, it, it, we got to stop acting that. We got to stop saying that. Even I'm guilty of it. He was not very good this year. He didn't like, have a 300 yard no. passing like, game. Come on, he's not a. He's He's not elite anymore. Maybe he goes to a new you know system and he gets the Brady bump the way that Brady sure. you know floundered at the end of the New England and then popped his first year in Tampa Bay. So maybe that happens to him. But as of right now, yeah, I don't think there's anybody you'd probably take over Jalen Hurts. I just I'm trying no. to talk myself. If I no. was a Bills fan, a Chargers fan, a Broncos fan now with Sean Payton, a Jags fan, like do you you know how we do the thing with baseball? Hope springs eternal. And like half the fan bases lie to themselves about having a shot to win the World Series. <laughs> Is that going to happen for AFC football fan now? Every year we're like, hey, Trevor Lawrence, year five, <laughs> finally going to do it. This is the year. I, I don't know. I Maybe it will. But uh, wh- what they were able to do this year was pretty remarkable. Here was Travis Kelsey in the post game, right next to Patrick Mahomes. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel it, feel it, and on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. Not a single one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to do it. Stop. You know who's already the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl? Yeah. Just like they probably were yeah. a year ago now. It's the Kansas City Can Chiefs. Can you just go do WWE SmackDown? There's nothing worse than the athlete that tries to proclaim that they were doubted all. So Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. 
okay? You had, I guarantee you, never outside of the top three or four odds to win the Super Bowl all year. Maybe, I'm sure at the start of the year, maybe Buffalo was number one. Buffalo was number one. Philadelphia's been in that mix all year. I'm sure people like Cincinnati. You were never outside of the top four. People were not betting one of those, anybody else over Kansas City outside of maybe Buffalo, Philadelphia. A lot of people took bets on them in the preseason. Cincinnati because they beat them. Outside of that, there's, there can't be another team that had better odds than you to win the Super Bowl. This is, this is not the shocking upset of David versus Goliath because you were a one-point underdog going into the Super Bowl, and maybe some people thought you would lose the AFC title game because Mahomes was on one leg. Like, just shut up. That's so stupid. August 30th, 2022. NFL Super Bowl odds, Bills plus 600, Bucks plus 700, Chiefs plus 1,000. They were the third best odds team. How are the Bucks the second best odds? What are we doing here? I mean, Tom Brady. Well, it's all Brady. I mean, come on. 80 come for Brady. On. At that point, they already had a starting offensive lineman out for the year. We should have seen the writing on the wall. Yeah, this wasn't going to be their year. Yeah, but people get suckered into that stuff all the time. This, this stuff isn't – like, Kelsey, he's a good character. I like guys that are good characters. It makes you have an opinion either way. He hit my, rush, he hit my uh, receiving he hit, he hit my yeah. anytime, anytime touchdown early. That thing I'm was settled in the game. I'm surprised he was as open as he was a few times. He's an incredible um, route runner. Mike, he's you can't good. guard him. What are you surprised about? He's no, going in. He's going that, out. But... You, can't, you can't guard him. He's unguardable. You double team really him all is. you want. You can't. The 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 one of those first plays, long plays that he had, and this a lot of this is the Kansas City offense being unstoppable. Yeah. We give a ton of credit to Mahomes, but he had a route where he just put a linebacker and a safety into a spin, oh, cycle, spin cycle, went yeah. the complete other yeah. direction, and he's wide open. And that's not just him though. I mean, they had two touchdowns late in that game where they sent the wide receiver in motion. The first one was Tony, like it's just going to be some quick either bubble screen As a or fake he's motion. A I fake, that. and he just stops. And I think it was Darius Slay that was guarding him is clear on the other side of the field by the time they hiked the ball and he's going back the other direction they had the other touchdown where it was the the the, the second one they scored in the second half or third one maybe that went to uh who the hell did it go to it was one of the other wide receivers hold on sky Moore, who did the same thing yeah but motioned in stops goes back i mean just brilliant offensive game planning to identify what philadelphia's corners were doing in that moment how aggressive philadelphia's defense was going to be to try and shut down some of those motions so we give a ton of credit to Mahomes. he deserves all of it but this also is pieced together with travis kelsey who was unguardable and an offensive coordinator and a head coach who have the ability to find these little weaknesses in a defense and will identify something this is a copycat sport and I cannot wait to turn on college football in the NFL next year and see 75% of teams running very similar plays to what we saw in the Super Bowl. The Kelsey touchdown, too. If you go back and look at that, he was squared up with a DB. And the DB almost fell. Like, the dude is just built like a tight end and has the yeah. athletic ability to move a re like a receiver. Yep. I, I bet his overprop mainly because history was on his side. He needed that was just by the hair of his nose. Too. First quarter, you're like, this guy's going to go for 200 yards. Oof. And then the passing game went silent because Philadelphia's offense was on the field the whole game. But the thing that makes him truly elite is is the ability to move like a wideout, just a hyper-athletic wideout. And so it's like, I, he, I, I know what your overall point is, but like I'm also not surprised that he's so open because... You just can't match up with him. You put a DB on him, it's a mismatch in size. You put a linebacker on, it's a mismatch in athleticism and speed. And he's 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 going to put himself, we talk about goats, I think he's put himself more in the conversation at that position than Mahomes has so far at quarterback. I think Mahomes' all-time talent and greatness is there. But people need the resume to be a little longer. I know. Well, I mean, come on, he already lost to Brady. He can't be the goat. Yeah, I know. I, I don't want to get into that, but... <laughs> I think that's the point is he has all-time stuff at the tight end. Here was Andy Reid in the postgame and his thoughts of just winning another Super Bowl. Andy, you scored on every possession of the second half. 
what was the difference? Well, uh, I'll give the credit to the big old line and to Pat Mahomes and all those guys around him. Eric Bieniemy was phenomenal also. Patrick Mahomes clearly hindered. What does he continue to show in these efforts, Andy? Well, he's the MVP. I mean, that's all that needs to be said, right? MVP. And he saw it tonight. What does the moment mean to you, Andy? It means a lot. I could kiss you right now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Rinaldi really got a got a chuckle out of that. That was a one. bit of a Scott Farkas laugh there. It, it kind of was. Uh, <laughs> Some somebody tweeted us, and I I think it's a good point. We need to petition the next time Fox has this thing. I swear on my mom's life, if you put Terry Bradshaw on that podium, <laughs> it was horrible. He is horrific at that job. Can we just put him out the pasture? Like, and this is it's getting bad. Yeah, I don't know if he's still on the crew by the time. What do they get it every three or four I think years? It's three or four, yeah. Whose idea was that? He's been doing that for a I long know. time. I'm sure. Maybe yeah. 15 years ago, it's fine because he was still functioning fully. Now, no. at this point, to allow him to handle the that was one of the worst post game podium situations I've ever seen. They weren't even like questions. It was like Patrick Mahomes MVP. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> it is, and then the mics in his face. Yeah, like, you right. you need somebody that is totally focused in there because it's mass. Ca- it is mass. You chaos. have Tom Rinaldi and Aaron Andrews. Rinaldi would your be staff. great. Exactly. Either one would be fine. Also, Strahan would be fine. Like I know they're boys. No, Strahan was too busy chasing Rihanna. That was oh, really yeah. awkward. Uh, <laughs> I know they're boys. It's a little like. Can you pause the we're tight? Like, I would never. I wonder if he, hold like, on, he hold got. Hold on. No, hold on. I'm still talking. Why would you start talking <laughs> while I'm still talking? I would never in a post-game thing in front of millions of people, even if I'm as close to you as I am, go, hey, Dirt, why don't you waddle over here? Like, we're just fat shaming the man right then and there. Like, Andy Reid is a legend. I just, I don't know. Bradshaw, that was horrific in the postgame. And he dropped to go eat a cheeseburger, too. I like, just, go enjoy dude, a cheeseburger on us. Don't like, act like you're not on. fat, too, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, by the way, too, on your Kelsey note, the, he passed Gronkowski yesterday for third most uh, touchdown catches in postseason history. He's going to catch Gates. He's up to 16. Well, the only guy ahead of him now is Rice. Rice is oh, the only yeah, one. Oh, yeah, that's right. He broke. He, Gates holds a different record, but I'll Probably say Probably for t- a tight end kind of yardage record. But, yeah, touchdown, total touchdown catches in the postseason. He had 15 coming into the game. He was tied with Gronkowski. He got to 16. Jerry Rice is at 22. We're going to break up the Super Bowl stuff. We'll get back into the Super Bowl in the final hour. We're going to get to this weird, bizarre Blazer story just because how bizarre it is and it, it involves the Blazers. But I'll say this. For years, Andy Reid came up short in that conference championship game. What is the narrative or conversation we're having about that guy if he has a Pat Mahomes in Philly? Right. He might be more Belichick than Belichick is. It's the whole thing, man. You got to have both. It's just why the dumb. It's a dumb conversation we do of who's more responsible. They're equally responsible. Equally, it takes a brilliant offensive mind to pair with an all-time talent, or in New England's case, a brilliant defensive mind to right. pair with an all-time talent. You don't get tandems like this very often. And Cincinnati's trying to prove that they have it. Philly's going to try and prove they have it. Buffalo's going to try and prove they have it. All of them have goose egg in Super Bowls with their current iteration rosters. And Andy Reid and Mahomes now have two, and they're not done yet. Uh, coming up next, we break it up from football. We dive into the weird story that is the Portland Trailblazers trade with the Golden State Warriors involving GP2 and alleged misdoings by Portland that are now coming and they're retracting some of these statements 
It's a bizarre one, and we dive into it next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. And Mahomes is carrying around a WWE championship belt to our conversation from last week. He had one on the bus after the game with My a, man. a beer and a pair of glasses and a trophy. I just looking looking like a stud. Looking like a stud. Hey, if you're just turning on your uh, radio this morning or the app or just firing things up yeah. and you are a texter of the radio show, uh, unbeknownst to us, we found out this morning that our text line has officially changed. So the number in order to text into the show is no longer the old number. And I'm not even going to say it again because we want to get it out of your head. The new number is 503-864-6326. 503-864-6326. Now, when you text into the new number, you will get a weird bounce back saying that we cannot understand your text message. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But I promise you, your text message went through, and we did read it, and we did see it. So good morning to you all, and we look forward to hearing from you on the new text line, 503-864-6326. Let's get to the big story locally from the weekend that was weird, strange, and I don't even know if I've wrapped my head around it yet, but let's try and make sense of it together. So we obviously talked on Friday a lot about the Blazers' trade deadline, the moves that they made, the moves that they didn't make. One of those moves was trading Gary Payton, the second GP2, back to Golden State for four second-round picks. Turns out, according to reporting, he never liked it here. He never wanted to be here. Weird story in and of itself before we get to all the other layers of the onion. He he, he conned him to get the bag because Golden State was not going to give him the bag because of the luxury tax situation, yes. and so they traded off James Wiseman for you know spare parts because he sucked. And so they financially it worked for him to bring GP in now. But, yeah, he, he basically conned Portland into yeah. giving him the bag, and he bounced. And it's probably one of the more disappointing things an Oregon State Beaver's ever done in my sports life. Yeah, the whole coming home thing, playing back in the state of Oregon, you felt like there would be something there, nothing there. And you could kind of tell all season there were there were hints, even when they played Golden State last week, the way he was chumming it up with them on the sidelines. Like, this is just it's weird. Everything's weird about it. Well, the trade goes down. And then it's not finalized, so the guy, he, the guys, the, he, uh, Kevin Knox can't play in the first game. The trade hasn't gone fully through yet. And you're like, what's what's the hang-up here? Right before Joe Cronin's press conference, a report comes out from The Athletic that he failed his physical, and in failing his physical, somebody alleges and leaks to the media that he was forced to take Toradol shots and play against his will. Pressured. Pressured to Pressured play. To to play. Do, yeah. So this wait okay what hold hold on now Cronin's asked about it at the press conference I thought he handled it pretty well credit to Sean Hyken he had to ask the questions he did a good job of doing that like this just came out what can you say he couldn't be, get into too many specifics but he said we trust our medical staff in the way that we handled everything well that's how the story starts off on Friday as we go into the weekend his agent then denies that he was playing against his will or forced to play or asked to play or pressured to play he also denies that there were Toradol shots so it's like okay. Okay, where the hell did that come from? Josh Hart randomly, after his first game as a Nick, takes a couple of moments in his press conference to say, hey, they do everything above the board. I love my time in Portland. I love Joe Cronin. Just unsolicited. Nobody asked him. He felt the need to come out and defend the organization. And then the story changes. Now it's not toward all shots. He's taking oral toward all Toward all oral, oral, toward all. <laughs> sure, it sounds weird to say, but that's what he's taking. And uh, now the allegations are the Blazers didn't discuss the fact that he was on toward all. He failed the physical. The, the trade is still going through. The Golden State's going through with it. They filed a complaint uh, with the NBA. This is one of the weirder, more bizarre stories yeah. that I can remember. I was wondering once the second report came out that it wasn't toward all shots. It was it was the the oral application of toward all. I wondered how many 52-year-old white dads in Oregon were like, dude, where do you get those? Because my knee hurts. <laughs> I'd love, love to take some of that. <laughs> uh, look, it, 
to me, this was, I mean, this came out Friday. It was such a weird, random story. Somebody actually had to text me. I wasn't on Twitter, and somebody's like, hey, yo, what's going on with GB2 thing? And then I listened to the presser, and, you know, Joe did what he was supposed to do. He could not comment on it. He just heard about it right before he got to the, the table. He was asked again a follow-up later in the presser. I thought he became more defensive for his staff, as he should. He's like, look, I don't think we do anything, you know, not that we shouldn't do. We're, we follow everything by the book. The real red flag for me, because it's such a weird allegation, and the whole, like, are we going to accept this trade? The Josh Hart quote really stuck stuck out for me, and I think this kind of sums up GP's two time here in Portland. Josh Hart, there's a longer lengthy quote there. We could have pulled the audio, but we forgot. So this is the quote. That organization is nothing but a class act in the front office and the training room. That organization is respectful, a class act, did everything by the book, end quote. Now, why would Josh Hart, in a game after the Knicks played, not just thank the, the team, but also add they're a class act in the front office and the training room? How many times do you get a player that gets traded in the season and says, that last team I was on, great training room? So what does that tell me? Mm-hmm. That tells me Josh Hart hated that dude. And I think a lot of dudes on that team hated that dude. And clearly there was some really weird behavior going on behind the scenes at this. The other, the other big red flag for me was his own agent, Aaron Goodwin, who I believe the Goodwins also represented his dad when they played, which is why that's his agency, and it's Dame's agency, said, quote, despite of what's being reported, my client never took toward all shots to be available for games during his time in Portland, end quote. Now you can say, well, he's only saying shots and it doesn't specify pressure. If the agent's coming out refuting the story... Where the hell did it come from? Right. And then he was seen on the bench at a Laker-Golden State game on Saturday, chumming it up with Bob Myers wearing Warrior gear, which made everybody conclude he's going to be there. Yes. And then yesterday, what came out? You may not have seen it because it was Super Bowl Sunday. A report came out. Golden State, hopefully, is actually more available in the first couple months, more than being out for three. So he went from being unavailable because of this to then taking pills instead of the shots. It's just Golden State side of this is bizarre. And the water carriers of this story, they need to be investigated. Why is Sham Sharania reporting all this crap and then changing the report the very next day? And then the team accepts the trade, and now he's going to be more available quicker than they thought. It just, I'm not trying to just be captain, you know, stick up for Portland here. But if you read the tea leaves and the reporting on this, it seems like a really weird allegation made without an official allegation by the team until yesterday when they asked the NBA to investigate. I want to get a little bit deeper into this. We'll do that coming up next. Cronin did have a press conference. We probably won't talk too much about it. That'll be more so a Tuesday leftover. This story was just too big to kind of pass up. How are you feeling about the whole GP2 situation? You can text us at our new number, hey 503 6326. That is the new text line number. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'll dive back into the Super Bowl in the final hour, but some more on the weird GP2 saga next on The Fan. Yeah, I got to change up the music rotator after the show, but if we're going through things twice, wrestling music ain't bad to go through twice, man. Somebody texted in, uh, uh, RJ Chapman, the only thing handled worse in this GP2 trade is the new text line being announced. Hey, we have a new text line, 503-864-6326. 
Imagine reading and following the GP2 trade, and the conclusion <laughs> is that we did something worse than that. <laughs> so, I, you know, a couple of extra layers here for me. Uh, yeah. Two of them are pointing the finger a little bit back at Golden State. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm pointing all of them at Golden State. Sure, dude. and that's fair. Like, seeing the way that Portland was kind of slandered, and this is, the, this is the, the hard part about reporting and why I'm glad you pointed at Shams a little bit there in the last segment. Like, sometimes the first thing that's reported solidifies the media narrative around a story or the fan narrative around a story. And this trade doesn't go through. He fails his physical. The first thing that's reported is that Portland is forcing him to play, pressuring him to play against his will, and, and force-feeding him, essentially, he's reported, force-feeding him toward all shots. He's not comfortable to play, but they're forcing him to be out there, and they're forcing a needle down him because he's not healthy. Like, those are really damning allegations. I want to know where they came from. I want to know who leaked that information. My money's on somebody on the Warriors side and somebody on GP2 side because there's no chance in hell anybody on Portland side is trying to leak that level of information because it clearly wasn't true. Everybody walked it back the very next day. So I, part of it is you look at Golden State. I mean, Andre Iguodala complained about their medical staff back in 2019. He had a disagreement with the handling of an injury, was upset, felt like he was being forced to play back. They had the Kevin Durant situation in the NBA Finals. So that was two of my first thought bubbles of like, all right, hold on, Golden State. Let's not point any fingers here. Well, what about Festus Azili, who we got? <laughs> Festus Azili, too. Thank you. I tried to block that one out of my memory. I did forget about that. So, and, and the, other, the other part of it, though, is that this training staff, has had a pretty close relationship with dealing with oblique injuries the last couple of years. I mean, Damian Lillard has been going through this the last however many seasons. Do we think Damian Lillard was probably taking pain shots to play? Of course he was. He wanted to play. He wanted to be on the floor. Like, it just reminded me of how weird the whole timeline was of GP2 signs here. It's like, oh, my God, Portland addressed defense. That's cool. Signs the deal. We're all excited. He's coming back to the state of Oregon, and then he has to have surgery. Well, that's a bummer. Don't worry. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. And it kept getting pushed further and further and further back. Then we got to the point where the medical staff cleared him, and everybody around the organization was just like, we're just kind of waiting on him. If he wants to play anytime, it would be great. And at some point, if you're paying a guy $8 million and your medical staff has cleared him to play, I understand why they were like, hey, bro, I what are you waiting for here? We're paying you a lot of money. You haven't appeared in a game yet. And then they still gave him nights off after he returned. I think he missed a handful of games uh, after returning from the initial injury. The whole thing is weird, but I want to know where that information was leaked because it painted Portland in a really bad light, and the majority of it's not turning out to be true. Well, also the reporter, like, I'm not – Shams is connected, okay? We all know that. But if you follow Shams, what do you notice about Shams on Twitter, for example? The dude tweets out the same story like three or four times because he can't properly type. Like sometimes that reporting leaks itself into this. And I think this is an example of the NBA is going to investigate this. I'm sure they're going to find no evidence. And what are we going to do with that? They're just like, hey, we did the investigation for you, Golden State. We didn't find what you were alleging. And so there he goes, wrapped investigation. And then we just move on. Like Gary Payton II and what he did for Oregon State years ago for the tourney run. All-time stuff should forever be known as a hero. When he comes to Portland professionally and plays, he should get booed. Yeah, like should. a unanimous Ray Felton-like booing for this. I'm not saying this is coming from him. His agency talked and spoke out against it. But he's the one involved. He could have easily came out. He could have sent a tweet. A, well, he's not even on Twitter. An Instagram, whatever it is. Yo, none of this is true. He could have came out and said, no, that's not true. I don't know why this report would leak. Like, What is even the benefit of this? If you know you're going to keep him, you know he's going to play for you. I don't even understand what the purpose of this leaked report is. They want some second-round picks back, maybe. 
and they think the I, NBA will step in and say you can't get four, you're I, only going to get two. And I, I, I guess I just I, this is a weird story. It's one of the more weird stories I've seen, and it put Portland in a really bad light. Like people, as you mentioned, they see the headline and they run with that's the definitive story. We don't allow the second or the other side to come out. We just run with what we see, and that's seemingly what's happened for everybody outside of Portland. Because right now, I think the whole city is kind of rallied around this of like, dude, come on, man. Like, get out of here with this. Yeah, it was a rough enough trade deadline to begin with. And then to add this on top of it, I do want to get to, and we'll save this for tomorrow, but Joe Cronin did talk to the media about everything else going on inside the organization, the trades they tried to make. I, You know, I, people are still going to be feeling a certain way about the deadline. I will always appreciate honesty and integrity, and I felt like Joe Cronin brought that to the press conference on Friday. We don't have a general manager who lies through his teeth and tries to sell us a bill of goods. He understand they wanted to do more. They couldn't get it done. So I want to get into that a little bit coming up uh, on tomorrow's show once we get through the rest of the Super Bowl stuff. Uh, but we did get quickly our first look at the baby Blazers, and are we buying a Cam Reddish jersey yet? Uh, I'm not buying a Cam Reddish Come jersey Come on, man. No, actually, we, we talked a lot of gambling on the Super Bowl. If I could gamble, I would gamble that the Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> and Joe acknowledged this in his press conference, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Joe acknowledged this team could very well be right back where they were at the end of last year, and I, I would gamble on that that's going to happen. They're not a good team. Fire them cannons, They're going to lose tonight against the Lakers. <laughs> Fire them tank cannons. Let's go. I, I just think, yeah. When by Yama, <laughs> when by Yama, make it happen. Well, you're not going to get to that level you of could. substitute. No, you, you never can't. know. No, it's, it's actually, I think, mathematically impossible, but you could get a top six, seven pick, and especially in this draft, this might be an eight to ten player draft, and it's, to me, I view it more like, hey, Another great asset to, to have. Once you figure out the Chicago thing, it's another great asset to, to kind of have in your back pocket if you want to make moves to build around Dame. It was funny that Cam Reddish hit a couple of shots early. We all love overreacting to that stuff. So good for him. Welcome to Portland, Cam Reddish. And, uh, hey, Anthony Simons, 3 of 14, 1 of 8 for 11 points. Not going to yeah, not I mean, gonna get it done. Yeah, Can we get yeah. just something, anything? Consistency's been a bit of a problem for, for Ant this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say so, yeah. Hopefully that dictates how your offseason goes, but that's a different conversation for a different day. There you go. Uh, GP2 story, really weird. Uh, screw the Warriors. It just yeah, We already hated them to begin with. It just adds to it. The whole thing is dumb, but the trade went through, and I hope the NBA doesn't force Portland to give back any of that compensation. The other thing to keep an eye on last note on this, the Warriors immediately tried to come out and say, well, he's going to miss three to four months. His ass better not play the rest of the season. Better not play the rest of the season. Well, they've already refuted that, though. Sure. That was the initial report is three months, and they said yesterday, somebody said the Warriors are optimistic. He could be back in a few weeks. If he like, plays, oh, okay. if he plays within the month of February, we need to we need to boycott Warriors games the rest of the season. That is insane. Screw them. Uh, all right, back to the Super Bowl in the final hour. Some lingering thoughts on the game. Some audio that we haven't played yet. We have not talked about commercials. What was your favorite commercial? 503-864-6326. That's the new fan text line. Hit us up. You can find it on Twitter if you didn't hear that uh, quick enough. We'll get to that. The halftime show, national anthem, the game, all of it. We'll wrap it up in the uh, final hour. Some more Super Bowl next.